Magic Artist Detained, Commander 2018, Predictions for Guilds of Ravnica, and Dave Sad Day. Unearthed Arcana, Divinity Original Sin 2, and Predictions for Guildmasters of Ravnica. Sheriff of Nottingham and the Gaia Project. And also a plug for our upcoming Petathon. All this and more on this episode of YSMPG. Welcome to episode 31 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave and Jengiz. And we are hosted on geekade.com. What's your geek? Uh, so, magic artists who were trying to enter the country. I know one was from France. Uh, a couple. Uh, one was from, I think, what, Canada and maybe one other. Um, were trying to get in to the country for the upcoming... Uh, Guildmasters of Ravnica and Guilds of Ravnica art projects, mm-hmm. and they were detained. They were um, detained and, at Seattle's SeaTac Airport. Yeah, and I think they were sent. Were they sent home? Yes, they were detained for um, what was almost like uh, it was eleven hours uh, yeah, it was in overnight. the facility. <laughs> it was overnight, right? Yeah, yeah, that's and then crazy. they were sent home. And and wizards sent out like a little, like a little Tweety Pie. It was like something to the effect of like you know we love them. We're very sorry. We're glad they're safe. We're gonna do our best to fix this. But that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I did it give did did they give a reason? Did the did ICE give a I reason as to why they were detained? Something to do with the visas they had did not completely cover the scope of what they were doing. Uh. They're artists. Like, what is that? I mean, one, I have it here. One was from the Netherlands, one was from Austria, and one was from France, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not, I'm no, <laughs> I'm no guy who knows about visas, but they had apparently an ESTA visa waiver. Um, and apparently the scope of what they were doing was beyond uh, what, what, Wizards of the Coast presented, so I guess the U.S. was just like, nah. <laughs> and they weren't given any beds, but were given a blanket and some sanitation utensils. Uh, it's, whatever it's that horrible. means. It's like, holy shit, man! Like, <laughs> like I can't believe. Like, what is happening, man? What? Uh, I just. All right, that's a different podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that here. Point being is that's right. Yeah. Our political podcast. Yeah, you and I should start one. We'll call it uh, um, America sucks. <laughs> no, you shall um, not enter our country. No. Oh, sad because it's true. Um, yeah, but that's that's crazy. I mean, there's not mm-hmm. too much we have to say about it except like it was we a feel thing for that you. Happened. It was a thing that happened, and we feel for the artists, and we hope that this all and, gets worked out. But and it's related to other topics we're talking about on this podcast, yeah. which is actually I pretty. Mean, it was just more today. shocking than anything else, and I feel like it would deserve to be a part of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you know we stay woke, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like um, before we get into their upcoming projects, which we're going to be talking about a little bit, we're first going to go and finally review Commander 2018. Yeah, um, that as came the, out literally moments after. I mean, maybe not moments, but like very soon after we dropped the podcast, we got yeah, like, everything. In, in fact, fun fact: so Jangus and I could not. We ended up. We had a magic game. Get my thoughts in order here. We had a big magic game, and people started showing up 
before we had finished the podcast. So we had actually had to stop and finish remotely. So there was like a break of time in between the first two segments and the last segment in which we recorded. And actually, by the time we recorded the last segment, the full card image gallery of, of Commander 2018 had been out. So we debated going back and maybe rehashing what we had, but we decided we had already done it, and we just save it for this podcast. So that's how soon after. We literally hadn't even finished our cast um, when those spoilers came out. So now that we have the full list, because they it has since released, we can talk a little bit about what's in this set. Um, there's so- a lot. <laughs> and there's a lot we could talk about, but honestly, I think we should maybe just start with the biggins, the, the commanders biggins, themselves. The commanders themselves. Yes, yeah, like the the big commanders. So mm-hmm. the set, there are four decks, yes, that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if I predicted. Did I predict that it was going to be Planeswalkers again? I feel we like We talked did. about it, and I believe I looked at it, and I was like, oh, Dave's right. I'll never hear yeah. the end of this. Well, no, it's not that you'll never hear the end of it. It's just another one of those examples. In case you didn't know, I have a long history, listeners, of me pretty much um, having all of Wizards' ideas before they have them, or possibly (laughs) having them simultaneously, and then they just happen to release them. But it's it's gone back to like my high school and college days, where I would think of a like a D and D scenario or anything of that caliber, and then all of a sudden, within one month to a few months' time, that exact thing, almost verbatim, would all of a sudden be a canon part of the Wizards' world in some way, whether through Magic or Dungeons and Dragons, to to like a scary degree. <laughs> we always said aw- that Dave had uh, listening devices in his uh, yeah. in his base. Uh, when it was it, it was crazy. I mean, now we're giving it to them for free. They don't need to listen to devices. We're just talking about our predictions here. They listen to the podcast and then they use our ideas. Whatever, wizards, it's fine. We know. Um, so, yeah. So we, it is in fact um, commanders again. They brought back, uh, excuse me, uh, planeswalkers again to be commanders. Four decks once again shifted away from the idea of there having to be like a um, like a color no, theme yeah, so no much tribal, as a no theme. Other than just like, what was are, oh, the whoa, decks whoa. themselves have themes, but not there's nothing tying the set together outside of the fact that we're back to Planeswalker Commanders. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is a um, oh my god, Esper Commander. That, there you go. That could not get that out. My brain was like Bant. No, not Bant. Bant. No, not Bant. I just kept <laughs> saying Bant until Esper came to me. <laughs> Jackal. Um, I mean, there, it's a there jackal, is, right? There is a Bant commander um, in this set, but I, I'm trying to talk about the Esper one. Uh, a Monotau, the Fate Shifter, mm-hmm. um, whose abilities, it's three to cost, can be a commander, obviously. The three are obviously white, blue, and black, and the abilities are a plus one, a minus one, and a minus six. The plus one is a draw card, then put that uh, a card from your hand on top of your library. The minus one is exile another target permanent you own, then return it to the battlefield under your control. And then the minus six is choose left or right. Each player gains control of all non-land permanents other than your commander, Amanatau the Fate Shifter, controlled by the next player in the chosen direction. So you shift every except your planeswalker or commander um, one direction either way depending on what you chose um, so the entire deck is very much a um, a 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A manipulation deck. Mm. Um, everything is about trying to manipulate the cards that you have in your deck in a way that are is going to behoove what it is you're going to do. It's all about deck control, specifically your deck, not other people's decks. Um, and then there's a lot of cards that sort of help to um, enhance that. Like uh, there's this sphinx that they have, uh, Yannette, the Cryptic Sovereign, who's two plus uh, Esper colors, is a 3-5 Flying Vigilant Menace, and it says whenever it attacks, reveal the top card of your library. If it's converted mana cost is odd, you may cast without paying its mana cost, otherwise draw a card. So once again, the theme of deck manipulation and stacking your deck in a way in which will win you the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's the first one. Jengis, you want to talk about the next one? The actual Bant Commander, Estrid the Masked? Sure. Uh, Estrid the Mask <clears throat> is a uh, is a Bant Commander like you said. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry. It's my... hard, right? You go to say it and then your brain says like any other shard but the one you want. <laughs> uh, she has three uh, she's uh, one of each color uh, green, white, blue and one colorless. She has three loyalty and she has three abilities. A plus two, a minus one and a minus seven. Her plus two is untap each enchanted permanent you control. Her minus one is create a white aura enchantment token named Mask attached to another target permanent. The token has enchant permanent and totem armor. Put the, and then her minus seven is put the top seven cards of your library into your graveyard. Return all non-aura enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Then do the same for aura cards. Um, so it looks to be like her abilities are largely based on, I mean, as you could tell, is getting auras on her creatures uh, and uh, and pretty much it it's like get auras put them on creatures totem armor is so good so powerful yeah um, totem armor is, you know, is one of those i feel like underrated things um but a very good very good mechanic mm-hmm. uh she has definitely she has some creatures that take advantage of the fact that there's going to be a, a fair amount of enchantments in this deck uh looks like yeah she has 25 enchantments in the deck which is crazy yeah um, and of course and, and a new creature to you uh to vasa the sunlit because it's yeah. very much an enchantment deck you want to mm-hmm. it's definitely that kind of like aura uh, Voltron-ish kind of car- uh, creature that gets just stronger and stronger. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, stronger. it's a 1-1 one, one, and it gets plus 1, plus 1 for each enchantment you control and whenever you cast your first enchantment card draw a card. So obviously this deck is all enchantment based and cards that, you know, help with that um, the uh, the enchantress cards, stuff like that you'd want to put in there to tweak it but it, mm-hmm. the, the basic idea is there. Mm-hmm. Um, the next commander I'm going to talk about is Sahili the Gifted. Um, Sahili is back uh, with a, in Pog form with a new <laughs> <laughs> with a new Planeswalker card. So it is a, a of course a blue red Planeswalker. It costs mm-hmm. blue red and two. Uh, starts with four loyalty. She has a plus one to create a plus one uh, excuse me a one one colorless servo artifact creature token. A plus one that says the next spell you cast this turn costs one less for each artifact uh, you control to cast it. And then a minus seven which says for each artifact you control create a token that's a copy of it those tokens gain haste then exile those tokens at the beginning of the next end step so it's a real it's like a push for a win Mm -hmm. um and then you know a card that came out in her deck uh a creature that sort of is along those same lines is let me find it uh 
Tonos, Urza's apprentice, um, who is a 1-3 hasted creature for two, a blue and a red, and you can tap blue, red, and him to copy target art activated or triggered ability you control from an artifact source. You may choose new targets for the copy, but mana abilities cannot be targeted. So Because that would be OP. <laughs> well, you know what else is OP? The thousands of thousands of thousands of thousands of affinity cards and affinity decks out there, and mm-hmm. Wizards was like, why not create another artifact-based deck? Because, you know, that's what we need in our lives. Um, <laughs> and the artifacts are just so, like, a staple. I mean, they're, it, they're but just I mean, like, I'm just part. so tired of it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. come on. Like, let's <laughs> let's do something different. Let's break the mold a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's so it, hard when, like, it's literally a type. Like, you can't... And, like, so many universes uh, mm-hmm. like... Well, no, yeah so many universes but a lot of these storylines are based around these these mythical things called artifacts well you want to talk about your jund cat eh, lord windgrace i mean, <laughs> I mean yes <clears throat> lord windgrace uh the jund cat he is jund uh one black one red one green and two colorless uh, he has uh, three abilities. Starts at five loyalty. His plus two ability is discard a card, then draw a card. If a land card is discarded this way, draw an additional card. Uh, minus three, return up to two target land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. And minus 11, destroy up to six non-land permanents, then create six 2-2 two, two green cat warrior creature tokens with forest walk. Um, overall, I mean, yes, he's about like cycling lands through to get you more card draw. And then you can get those lands back with the second ability. But his last ability is just so, I mean, I don't know. Um, yes, it's powerful to destroy six permanents. Um, but like forest walk is just so specific. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but I mean, green's, a- green's a popular color in commander. It's mana ramp, you know? Mm-hmm. And he came with a cool creature, Thantis the the War Weaver. Mm-hmm. Uh, has, Vigilance Reach. Yeah. Uh, all, uh, he's a spider. A spider. Uh, all creatures attack each combat if able. He's a war spider, uh, <laughs> which makes sense. He's a War Weaver. Uh, and then whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, put a plus one plus one counter on Thantis, uh, which is nice because uh, well, no, I mean that just means you want people to attack you. Um, yeah, but which makes sense because he can block, and if you make him beefy enough, uh, also he'll, he'll, this is a one-on-one game. If this is a one-on-one game, the ability is locking in your opponent to attack you and to beat beef him up. Mm-hmm. Multiplayer game, I mean, just because everything has to attack, it might go in different directions, especially in our games. Um, but you know, it's not bad. Uh, I always look at everything through the eyes of like multiplayer commander. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean. The I will, for the most part, we could probably stop there because honestly, there's there's enough cards in here. There's a lot of reprints, but there's obviously enough cards in here that we could we could spend hours uh, deciphering. Um, but what I would like to point out is just one more card, not a planeswalker commander, 
but something that I thought was like a little a little hidden gem, if you will, and that's Yuriko Tiger's Shadow. Yuriko is a creature um, that I believe comes in the Esper deck, uh, the Amanato deck, um, that has Commander Ninjutsu. It's one blue, <laughs> one black, and one colorless. She's a ninja, uh, and Commander Ninjutsu says that tap blue and black to return an unblocked attacker you control to your hand and put this card onto the battlefield from your hand or the command zone tapped and attacking so she can ninjutsu from the command zone she's a one three and whenever a ninja you control deals combat damage to a player reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand each opponent loses life equal to that card's converted mana cost so once again top of the deck shenanigans but commander ninjutsu is a really cool thing mm-hmm. and i would love to see someone pull out a a ninja deck and use her as the commander. I think that would be just a really cool deck. I think the um, deck itself comes with uh, including her three ninjas, so you have a good oh, start. Yeah. There um, was even a, there was even a spike on um, what's that dude's name? It's like Hida Hida Deki, maybe. I might be completely wrong with that, um, but it is it's a card. Higuri, that's the one. Higuri, mm. the steel wind, uh, the still wind, is a five drop ninja whose price spiked since the commander set came out, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, Higuri is from you know obviously the the Kamigawa block mm-hmm. and is a three four with uh, like I said five drop normally but has ninjutsu for four two blue and two colorless and whenever Higuri deals combat damage to a player you can search your library for a ninja card reveal it and put it into your hand if you do shuffle your library also has two colorless that to make target ninja unblockable this turn um, so clearly that par- that price spike is tied to the fact that people are going to try and use um, Higuri, uh, not Higuri, um, the new Ninja Commander Yuriko. Oh, 100%. Um, so as I said, we can go on for hours, but we're not going to bore you that way. You know, <laughs> not that we, maybe we bore you already, but if we do, then why are you listening? Go somewhere else. That's a lie. <laughs> Stay with us. Don't leave us. We love you. We love you so much. Okay. Um, <laughs> not desperate. Uh Next, we're going to talk about predictions for the new magic set coming out, yeah. which is Guilds of Ravnica. Now, let me just say, I think I might have said this once before when we when it was announced. Maybe it's hard for me to remember if we said it on the cast. But if there were any, if there were any planes that we did not need <laughs> to go back to in Magic, Ravnica was that plane. Like it's true, it, it's we, just we, we knew it was there. happening. It was foretold. I know, uh. but it's just we've been there twice. Why go more? But not only are they, they're really pushing this Ravnica I, thing. I really feel like it was because of the the cross-media uh, aspects of it that yeah. maybe that's why they really went all in. To which Jengis is referring to later on in the podcast in our Dungeons & Dragons section, we're going to talk about the Guild Masters of Ravnica. It's not a magic thing. It's a D&D thing. It is the next full D&D supplement. Um, which I assume is going to include a lot of the rules that they've been throwing out in those little magic little one-shots, like about mm-hmm. planes walking and whatnot. And even it even ties into this month's Unearthed Arcana, which is about races of Guild Masters of Ravnica. So they are really, like, hammed it hard. In fact, <laughs> like I said, Timeless, all in. <laughs> Timeless, the new Dritz book, also comes out this month, I believe. And I'm just, like, dreading, like, there being, like, you know... 
And that's when Dritz met Jace. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that would be awesome. Just being like, oh, God, like, why are they doing this to Dude. me? Like, Ari poor Ari Salvatore. Ari Salvatore is like, mm, flipping through all, the, all that money. <laughs> I mean, like, he, I can just see the face he would give them if they were like, you need to include Jace in this one. He had just this look, this despicable, despised look. Um, anyway, that being said, the next set is, in fact, Guilds of Ravnica. Indeed. Um, and I thought it'd be fun if we just talked about not only obviously real predictions that we have but like silly predictions that we might have for like cards <laughs> that really wouldn't exist but it'd be fun if they did so let's starting with the get, real predictions get, get ready for everything we say is going to come true yeah right <laughs> uh get, with real predictions um so we know the buy a box promo right um, that's the for guilds you know, we know two cards from guilds as of this podcast recording the first one is the buy box promo which is macabre hatchery which is a five drops uh black sorcery that says choose a creature card with converted mana cost one in your graveyard that do the same for mana cost two and mana cost three and return all three of them to the battlefield uh so like a uh, mass animate dead and then the other card that we know is impervious great worm which is a convoke so clearly convoke is back in some way it's normally a 10 drop green creature, three green, seven color, or seven, you know, any mana um, with Convoke. It's an indestructible 16 16. <laughs> um, so it's a, a big worm that you could possibly get out for real, real quick and real cheap mm-hmm. um, with Convoke, and it's indestructible. Um, and that's it. That's all we know. So with that in mind, I mean, first off, obviously Ravnica. A lot of multicolor is going to come in. Um, I I would predict Shocklands are going to make a return for a third time because every time we, we walk to Ravnica, we get Shocklands. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also predict that um, very guild heavy stuff like a new clue stone, oh, keystone, of, of course. something. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, because the lore of Guilds of Ravnica is going to be. You know, the guilds of Ravnica coming together to stop Nicol Bolas. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what? Are you know we going to see another Nicol Bolas? I hope not. You know what would be <laughs> really interesting to me? What's that? Um, is if they surprised us and if there were a lot of like, like if if they did like merges of guilds and they went with like, you know, a lot of four color cards in this set. Mm hmm. Like, you know, like, like if like, like I don't know, team, like team ups, like Marvel team ups. Right. But not, not with, not with guilds that share colors. Cause then it'd be like three color or but possibly like the enemy color. Uh, like, guilds? yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like if it mm-hmm. was like the, if Boros and, and Simic teamed up to make like, you know, the Boros Mick and it was like, <laughs> yeah, whatever it is like that would be, that would be a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know if that's a silly or a real prediction, but honestly, I would I would enjoy it either way. Um, do you have any other real predictions for uh, for guilds that you're thinking? Mm, the only thing I can think of is the um, we know of some returning players. Uh, we know that uh, Jace, Jace, <laughs> yeah. Um, we know that uh, our our friend, ah oh man, what's the the Medusa? Uh, Vraska, one. She was Vraska. just was that Vraska? Yeah, Vraska. Uh, Vraska is probably going to be making a return. Um, I really hope. I really hope there's no Nickel Balls card. I don't think we're going to deal with Nickel Balls yet. I think Nickel Balls is on his way. Um, 
or they're leading Nickel Bolas there. I don't remember. I don't remember the lore really. Uh, but yeah, it's it should be interesting because we're also be getting our our crew from Dominaria is going to be showing up too. I'm assuming because yeah, that's like Teferi is going to be there. I feel like this is going to be like the lead up to the the set like the fall of Nickel Bolas or something like that. To the mass genocide uh, of ninety percent of the planeswalkers, so this gets, <laughs> this stops getting out of hand. <laughs> no, please, David. They they wouldn't get rid of them. They're their are precious babies. Anyone, anyone, but like Jace and Liliana are on the cho- chopping block for for all time. Like anybody else is expendable. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, we actually do have a uh, the return have, of Garak Wildspeaker. We, uh, we have mechanics. Uh, from the weekly Magic the Gathering scre- uh, stream. Oh yeah, what uh, does it say? Uh, I don't know if they're. I don't know how legit they are. I haven't looked too much into it. I was just doing a quick little Google because I was looking for the image for Guilds of Ravnica. Mm-hmm. But we've got Selesnya has Convoke, which we know. Um, Demir has Surveil, which is like Scry, but instead of putting them on the bottom, you put in your graveyard. Interesting. Uh, Boros has Mentor. When a creature with Mentor attacks, you put a one plus one plus one counter on an attacking creature with less power, which is very Boros. Mm-hmm. Uh, Golgari has Undergrowth. Undergrowth abilities care about the number of dead creatures in your graveyard, which, eh, yeah, makes sense. And then Izzet has uh, Jumpstart. You can cast instant and sorceries with Jumpstart from your graveyard by discarding a card, paying the mana cost, and exiling the Jumpstarted card. Jesus Christ, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like silly things that I'd love love to see. Um, let's see. What would I love to see? I would love to see, like, a a new guild spring up of oh, like I said like that'd be wild like something like like a three color guilds like if they brought back essentially since since they can't go back to Alara because Alara is like you know not there anymore mm-hmm. I mean they can technically it's comic book rules technically they can do anything they can you know do anything they can do anything but like I would love to see like a new three or even four color guild pop up um, I would also love to see something like dumb. You know what I mean? Like the, the happy huggy <laughs> guild. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't know, something yeah. something ridiculous. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested in seeing um I I'm I'm a huge fan of like creatures to represent the 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 guild, like the color. Uh mm-hmm. like if we could get like a like some kind of legendary based on each one. I mean, that's like. I mean, they already probably, have that. It's like going to happen. Like Niv Mizzet is the, is it mm-hmm. creature? You know. Yeah, he'll be back. Um, I'm sure. I think isn't he a key player in the plot right now? Yeah, he is. He's like the only thing that could stand up to Nickel Bulls or something. Uh, um, oh man, Niv Mizzet Planeswalker card. That'd be cool. That's that's what that's a that's one of my personal thoughts, like predictions. Is like that's gonna happen. Um, I would love for Jace to disappear, but that's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, as far as like silly stuff, uh, an artifact maybe, like maybe like 
an art, I mean, I know you just talked about like enough with the artifacts, but like uh, aside from like the, the, the the keystones that they always put in, like maybe something else to you know identify from the guild, just something like interesting like that would be cool. I would some- love to see an artifact instant or an artifact sorcery. Back when Alara came out. Mm-hmm. I remember Joe, our friend, telling me that if ever a they they made like artifact sorceries or artifact instants because of how little sense that makes, it doesn't matter how they justify it, he would <laughs> he would just quit magic right then and there. And not that I want him to quit. I would just want to see what would happen. Because I don't think he really would. I think he'd be disappointed heavily. But I, I can't imagine him just quitting magic cold that's turkey. Like, that's like Joe having aneurysm. Just be like, if it wasn't for my horse, I would have never... Like, never artifact would. sorcery. Like, huh, huh. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just... I, I honestly can't imagine it. Um, but it... I, I would love to see something silly like that and then have them justify it like, well, the, it was an ancient artifact, but the spell was inside the artifact and it merged together and it's a machine spell. And like try their best to sort of say that this is a thing that happens when it's really not. Mark our words. Artifact, sorcery, and instant. There it is. Ah. It's coming. Uh, moving forward, the next thing on our list mm-hmm. is a very... So, so I didn't know about this. Yeah. Very, very sad day for me. So, you know, money troubles is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes unfortunate things happen. Uh, but I am unfortunately selling or attempting to sell uh like 95 percent of my magic collection i've i've decided to keep um four of my commander decks Mm -hmm. so i can keep playing um at these games that we have um the four that i chose to to save from the purge was uh my uh super friends deck um my boros partners deck um, my uh, Marin killing creatures and gaining experience deck, mm-hmm. and um, my Cruffix control draw deck. Yeah, um, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to get like a smattering of like each play style. Um, so like Super Friends is sort of like combo-y. Um, you know, uh, Boros is aggro. Um, Cruffix is control, and uh, Marin is kill. And I just thought that was a that was a good a good enough variety, hopefully. Um, but it's 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 kind of depressing. Yeah, uh, I believe it. I'm, I'm know, sorry I, to hear it, my friend. Yeah, man. It, I spent a long time uh, amassing that collection, and it might not sell, but it would really it would help if it did. The, the the worst part about it is is like I know. So I mean, this is we're gonna get real here. We're gonna get real on YSMPG right now. Oh, goddamn, um, getting real. Um, so another another thing, another great aspect of our country is uh, child care is incredibly expensive. Uh, we pay about over twenty four hundred a month in child care. That's more than the mortgage on my house. Holy shit! Yeah, um, for two kids to go to daycare, one of them only three days a week, the other one five days a week. Uh, and the worst part about the selling the collection is while it'll help pay off like our credit card and some of our bills um the extra money we get from it i know is just slowly going to bleed and mm-hmm. eventually eventually we'd get into this a similar situation that we're in now where we need to figure out something else but i always said you know magic is it's a vice it is and it is. 
I always said to Bevan uh, that, you know, my wife. My wife. There it is. Um, she looks for it now. Uh, <laughs> I always said that, you know, our livelihood is more important than some pieces of paper. Of course. Um, and I don't play enough professional tournaments anymore to warrant me, you know, having to save things like, oh, I got to save for modern. Or, oh, I got to save for legacy. Yeah. Um, I would just, it would just be, it would just be for me. And if I always thought like someday I'd, I'd have that collection for the kids. So like Dresden and Rona and I could play together. But I mean, I'm keeping the commander decks, and honestly, but honestly, if they're, if they're you have interested, board games, and I honestly, do. board games are like it, not to, to you know, no, scoff know. at Magic, I've, but like I, I just, I just the way I see it is that if and when they decide that they want to play Magic, we can always restart the collection. Then I'm sure there you they're go. you know they'll they'll probably end up playing you know whatever the standard is at the time, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> hyper standard, yeah, hyper standard. Um, but long story, <laughs> you can short, only play with cards that are printed. In the month, <laughs> yeah, right? Um, and they print new cards every month. <laughs> the the unfortunate long story short is that I am in fact selling ninety five percent of the collection. But it's a great it's a great opportunity if you if you have money to if you've got money to kill, and you are or you are a store or you're looking to start a store. Um, this is a great way to do that. Um, mm-hmm. It is over. It's over twenty five thousand cards. It's probably closer to like thirty thousand cards. Um, there's a lot of really I mean there's obviously bulk rares in there but there's also a lot of really like nice rares like that foil mana drain that I pulled is in there Sarah Sanctum is in there you know Liliana of the Veil like there's really nice rares in the set Um, and mythics there's also thousands of thousands of commons and uncommons from like Arabian Nights all the way to current Um, there are promos of all sorts and kinds like player rewards promos um, that aren't in print anymore and not to mention I'm I'm throwing in all of the the cases that I have them in I'm throwing in all the deck boxes Um, there's you know full art lands some of the decks that are pre-made the commander decks I'm just going to leave them the way they are if someone wants to use them the way they are they can if they want to sell them the way they are they can they want to break them apart they can um, but I'm 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 getting I'm getting it, there's a lot there's a lot of, of stuff it's expensive though um, I I put the starting bid at 25k so we'll see if uh, we'll see if anything hits there's already somebody watching it Ooh. so I don't know if that's that which kind of made me nervous there's a part of me that was like well hopefully it's you know so out of a ballpark that nobody will want it and that'll be the end of it and now someone's <laughs> watching and I'm like oh man is this real life is this really gonna happen yeah. Um, but yeah. It is as as unfortunate as it is. Um, you know, it's they're just pieces of paper, mm-hmm. and I can always proxy things if I want to. You know, do something new, and I can build the Jengus deck full of proxies. That's right. And, and, <laughs> do and like I do. And, yeah. <laughs> um. So it it's it's bittersweet, but you know, it is what it is. It's so, life. Yeah, man. Um. So on to on that depressing note, we're gonna now move on to Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> fantasy realm, burns. Um, um, so and we're gonna start Arcana. Yeah, and we should actually move from that probably to our predictions of the next supplement because this probably. once again ties into what we were talking about before, which is. Um, it's all about Ravnica. Even mm-hmm. D&D is about Ravnica. This month's Unearthed Arcana is well, the races well, before of... before we start with the Unearthed Arcana, 
I just want to make a quick note. Quick, yeah, quick, yeah. quick, quick, quick note. Because we didn't talk about it. Yeah. Uh, because it came out literally right after we recorded. Races of Eberron. Races of Eberron. Yeah. Eberron's back, y'all. <sighs> Look for it if you're a fan of Eberron like I am. Um, get out there. Show your support. And uh, there's a, a free, I believe, free supplement online available to get back. Or no, you do have to pay. It's in it's in DMs Guild, but it's pretty much updates Eberron for fifth edition. The races, the races of Eberron is not Arcana. It came out literally uh, a, a hop and a skip away from where we were where were we recorded last time um so technically there are two on our arcanas this month that we can talk about the first one is races of eberron and then the second one is races of ravnica but i don't think i mean races of eberron we know all the races of eberron right it's shift if shifters changelings and warforged oh yeah Yeah. warforged (laughs) jangus's favorite that's right um but races of ravnica interesting Mm -hmm. um i oh the loxodon yeah. I was like, why? Why would you want to be an elephant person? Like, I just honestly, don't... there are no elephant people. I mean, that's almost true for magic. Like, how often do we see the Loxodon nowadays? Hey, you know, they what I have mean? a warhammer, and you know what? People still use it. Yeah, if when we when I run my random game of Guildmasters, are you going are, to? Are, to are be... you ready for? Uh, no, I'm not going to play a Loxodon. <laughs> And I was gonna uh, say because if you want to play a Loxodon, that's fine. Because I will. I already told. I told us a couple of our friends when the supplement comes out. I'm gonna run at least one game. I, you know, I'm I'm done trying to kind of get a solid ongoing going. Um, I just prefer to play in them and have other people fail miserably at running them. Uh, but like I've just, I'm just, I'm slightly defeated at the moment about trying to get a regular game together. Um, but honestly, maybe if we played remotely like this, it'd be, I, I don't like doing it, but maybe it'd be easier on people. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, I'm going to run at least one game with guild masters nice. and yeah. So if one of these races look great to you, if you want to be, you know, hammer smash elephant person, you can be a hammer smash elephant person. Um, but there's also the Simic hybrids who are like, you know, the weird Mergill people that like mix animal and specifically aquatic animal blood and like regular animal blood and mm-hmm. become a weird hybrid race of weird things. There's the Vidalkin, which I was just like, all right, that's interesting if you want to be like, you know, artifacty. Uh, <laughs> and then there's the Viashino who are like the the like reptilian snake people yeah um which i thought was fascinating too and you have a tail but there's a it's... part of me that, that almost feels like this like the races of ravnica it's playtest content and i'm a I, I, it's all it all has to be in guild masters yeah so I almost, of course it's, it's I, just hype it's hype <laughs> but it's not just hype they want feedback because it's playtest content so there's a part of me that's wondering, but it's already printed that's what like, i'm saying like i can't imagine like this just seems so late like this supplement this unearthed arcana what, what if it's not though what if like all if the races really, like, aren't in there that would be weird though that would be stupidly weird. They'd be like, "Oh, hey, if you if you're interested in races, go look at this Unearthed Arcana article." It also says that it says in the beginning this document presents versions of several races of the world of Ravnica, so maybe they're in there, but just not these versions of them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That that'd be weird too. But I can't, I can't imagine that these races. It's got to be, be hype. In there. It's got to be like manufactured hype. 
Yeah. They um, they created these races, put them this, out there. This does not hype me, honestly. I would have loved a more tweaked, like, I want to know what it means to be a planeswalker in Dungeons & Dragons. I feel I, like that's going to be in there. It maybe better. Not, maybe not we haven't here. seen that, right? They created, they created a loose interpretation of what the colors were and how they related to Dungeons & Dragons, but I don't think... They didn't give us anything on planeswalking, right? Because lo- that's what I really want to know. No. I want to know, like, what is that? What is that? Is that a class? Is it something you add on top, similar to a chosen? Oh, man, like, what, I, I feel like, I'll be honest, uh, and moving on to... If pretty much moving on to predictions, predictions for Guildmasters, for Guildmasters. yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I think Planeswalkers is going to be a, a, a one-page side note that they're like, don't put Planeswalkers because it's they're too overpowered. <laughs> no, it's got. There's got to be something. They wouldn't tell you don't do it. They would. Ne- that would hurt the brand. Oh, they would never say don't do it. But they're like, well, we're saving this for another thing. Uh, oh, or man, maybe that something would like suck. that. I would love to make because once you throw D and D, then you can get silly, man. Like I would love to make like Terror. The Planeswalker. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Oh, man, Bring, when ur found their spark. <sighs> just like when ur so, so many villages just, were left just uh, like, because they got destroyed. <laughs> just literally just walks into a bar. Who are you, mate? Ter-er. Like, just like, what What he say? He say his name is Ter-er. He's just like, you know, Ter-er. And just throws a fireball in someone's face, blows up the town, and walk, planes walks away. Like who Welcome are you, Ter-er? to Ixalan. <laughs> Ter-er, the destroyer of worlds, he becomes known as. Yeah. Faces off against Nicol Bolas. <laughs> oh man, so many opportunities. I would also just love to see like our longtime characters gain the spark. Like, what mm-hmm. would if you transplant our archetypal characters into a world of MTG? Well, unfortunately, that- my archetypal character became a wandering murderer who doesn't even realize who he is anymore. But like you're not Garuk, you are not Garuk. Like what would, what would you, what would Kurt do, like, if he was transplanted into the world? Like take Kurt and put him into, into Ravnica, right? Uh, into the into the magic world specifically in Ravnica. Uh-huh. What is he? Like uh, does he? I mean, I'm assuming if you're in Ravnica, like you're part of a guild. That just you know seems, what he is. What's his guild? Um, I know he's he would green. probably be red green. He'd probably be red uh, green. Gruel. Gruel. Okay, so then he's Gruel. But like, what happens if he found his planeswalker spark? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, what what does that do to Kurt? And like, what's Alibris, man? What, I mean, honestly, I mean, that's the problem. Is like, I don't, I, I don't, I've never read a lot of the Magic: The Gathering books, um, so it's like. You know what? What does it mean to be a planeswalker? You know what does it mean to like have have your spark ignited and know that you can leave and go anywhere you want? You know, like those are all yeah, questions man. that I'd love to have answers to. I just don't think we're gonna have those answers in Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. No, but I mean we can at least sort of have fun postulating. Like I think Alibris mm-hmm. would be. I guess he'd be is it, right? It makes sense. Like I mean he's definitely blue. I, I mean it depends I, on which Alibris. 
like I mean, most the more versions, scholarly Alibis. Most versions of Alibis, Alibis would be Is it? And I, I mean, maybe in some ways he could be Azorius, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like he is. He's Is it? He's blue and red. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's always scholarly. Well, that's the blue. That's the blue in him. He's always you know. Man, at, he, he's got the destruction, and that's the red. <laughs> right. Is that every Alibris loves to just, like, pop things off, except for maybe that version in Alex's game, which I don't even know what's going on with that game, but, like, he that would be, like, an, that would be the closest thing to an Azorius version of Alibris that there'd be, because mm-hmm. he's more of a healer and arcane, you know? Um, but, yeah. Uh, and then let's see. What would... Oh, geez. Um, Vidar... <laughs> Vidar uh, would probably be Demir. Do you think Demir? What? You don't think so? I would be torn, I would be torn between Demir and Golgari. Golgari. Golgari's heavily death, like a lot of death stuff in Golgari. Yeah, but like Vidar's never been like, I, like that's more like. Uh, whatchamacallit, like necromancy. I guess. You know? Maybe. I don't know. I think it would be either way. I don't think it's Orzhov. That's not in No, not Orzhov. But Demir is more my my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flip, Boros. (laughs) Boros. You even have to ask. (laughs) He's been Boros for all time. Um, And then... Never not Boros. (laughs) And then, I mean... Yeah. What about uh? Rock, Rock has a couple of them, but I don't. Yeah, I think the, that's true. either Harriel or um, what's his face? His uh, his fun, his fun like half orc uh, rogue guy who's mm-hmm. I, I can't think of his name right now. Um, I don't think any characters we have tend towards the more extreme uh, guilds like Rakdos and like. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, those are like. There's also if we could place alignments on these guilds, like a lot of like Rakdos is like the chaotic evil guild. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I just naturally from what they do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. My predictions for guild masters. I'd like to think there's going to be planeswalker things in it. I'd like to think that there's going to be a lot. Obviously, a lot of stuff on the guilds themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we're going to get a stat block for each guild master? I don't know what I hope for more than anything though I just want I want the map man I want a map of Ravnica mm. I would love to see points of interest interest in Ravnica from like a, a role playing perspective we'll, we'll get that they can't not provide a map but I, I don't want it to be broad I want it to be similar to like you want like Greyhawk level of detail I want like Oop. an overall map of like the, the of Ravnica but then like sections each guild you get to see their their piece of Ravnica and like places of interest in that in that place you know what I mean I mean Ravnica's like sigil man it's just all city you know yeah but doesn't Uh, each each guild have like a section of the city carved out for themselves I don't know about a section like an overworld section I definitely think some are like uh like hidden like um freaking Demir's is probably not like a place that you could see on a map you know I guess I don't know I just it's called Shadow Hole I just want I want more I'm more interested in the world than I am in the player rules 
mm-hmm. if that makes sense, and character creation. I'm more um, outside of the planeswalker thing. I'm more interested in seeing like the role play aspects. I think we'll get that because a lot of these books have been really more about role play. I mean, look at look at Faerun. You know, um, I think this will honestly be like the first like real like setting book right like <laughs> i mean we t- we there was the sword coast uh the adventurer's guide that came out like that's true forever ago um so that's there but i don't know it's you know what it's interesting and i'm looking forward to seeing what it's gonna what it's gonna be like i agree uh release date november 2018 so oh, yeah. stay tuned two months um so next up we're going to talk a little bit about Divinity Original Sin 2. Yes. Um, I Have you played it? I have not. It is on my list of games to play. Dude, it is so good. Um, we're talking about it because it is heavily a Dungeons & Dragons-inspired like game, as are most role-playing games. But like this is... like If you could port D&D into a video game like mm-hmm. really get that feel this is probably the closest stick you could get um it is fantastic if you do get it let me know because i would love to try the multiplayer with you okay. um and we could both play i think i own it if you oh then why aren't we playing man i've been mm-hmm. playing it so I've been much playing a lot of wow <laughs> uh, don't do that it's all the same you're gonna level cap and then what are you gonna do some dungeons gear up and then you're just gonna wait for the next expansion it's the same game just watch the videos of the lore and you're done okay <laughs> that aside that aside <laughs> divinity original sin 2 um okay. i played so first off let me start by saying you know, what, I, you know what sell me on it let's go okay well first off to me it's probably the number one game of all time all right, that's quite the claim. Yeah, uh, and apparently, after talking with Patrick, um, in some publication or another where they had just listed the best hundred games of all time, um, it's t- it's number three on the list. Number wow. one, surprisingly, is Witcher Three, which I also think was a fantastic game. But I, in my personal opinion, Divinity: Original Sin Two is better. I didn't ask what number two was. Um, so let me start by saying I played the first Divinity uh, when the Enhanced Edition came out. Uh, I had played it for the PlayStation 4. I own it for, for PS4. Mm-hmm. And because I had heard that it was like a great role-playing game and like a lot of freedoms of choice and actions have consequences, all those things that like solid RPGs sell you on. Okay. So I was sold. So I was like, I'll give it a shot. And I played it and it was, it, there were a couple things. The first game was difficult. And I also kind of figured out fairly soon in the game that it was not a game meant to be played on console. Mm -hmm. Um, While they did an admirable job translating the controls into a a, a PS4 controller, Mm -hmm. it, it just, you could feel like the lacking pieces you could feel how unwieldy the game was and how much you sorely wanted it like to have a keyboard and a mouse to control the game there definitely seems to be a lot of skills and i can't imagine all those mapping to a a button yeah and it's it wasn't like i said it wasn't great 
Um, and I didn't get very far because of it. The controls are, are partly what turned me off to the first game, and then mm. also the level of difficulty. Even, mm. I was on what would be considered normal mode, and it was this, the difficulty was like I would run into a creature and just get ganked so quickly. Really? Um, yeah, it was so incredibly hard. But I didn't know how Divinity approaches the game. I mean, first off... What do you mean? The, so... Uh, let me start with now. I've now playing the second game, okay. completely different turnaround. I'm playing it on PC, running at 4K resolution. Beautiful, like beautiful game. Mm -hmm. um, controls are perfect. I have no qualms about them. I just changed one slight mapping decision on my mouse. Um, the change I made was that. I used to have to click the middle mouse button to rotate the camera, but mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm used to the World of Warcraft style of right-clicking to move camera, so I just <laughs> I, I literally just switched those two mapping buttons. Outside of that, everything else made sense and worked fantastically right off right out of the gate. Um, the characters you can create in the second game are there are you can create your own character with a, you know on your own random backstory that you sort of create in the beginning and then modify as you go along as you make interaction choices that would then change your story slightly um, or you can pick uh, one of about six pre-made characters to play as as your as your main character oh. who each have built-in backstories and unique dialogue choices and plot specific things in the game and each one of those characters are a potential companion in the game so even if you create your own character you can always take one of the other ones and have them be your companion and see how their story plays out would um, you say it's more worth it to create a character or to play as a pre-made right now in my first playthrough i'm playing as a pre-made because i wanted to have an attachment in the game already i didn't want to have that sort of like own thing mm -hmm. i think in my i think in a and when i eventually whenever it is i get to a second playthrough because god only knows how long it's going to take to get through this game i've been playing it for hours this is a meaty game um and especially if we play um i might want to play a pre-made as well okay. um but i'm gonna the, make a character i'm telling you that right now oh if you're gonna <laughs> do it then i'll do that too and we'll be lone wolves jangus that's yeah. a that's a great skill to have the lone wolf skill where you only have up to one other party member so it's one or two travel um, <laughs> you, you get a great boost but the game gets harder anyway um i right now i'm playing as the character ifan uh in in this world of divinity um mm -hmm. there is a group of uh holy zealots called the magisters who had reported to this sort of um divine they called him like the divine being, like almost like a god on earth sort of level of divine being. Oh, um, his name was Lucian, and he was the <laughs> they, he was literally called the divine, and he headed up the magisters, and he was supposedly like this path of like uh, he he led the path of good and righteousness, and everybody loved him. But mm -hmm. in the game, um, magic is one thing, but then there is also a specific type of magic that comes from something called source. Source is almost like this this um, this substance, which is uh, like, like a super god stuff, like a god level of super magic, oh, and fuck. and the people like who the can control yeah the people who can control and obtain this power are called sorcerers a you in there like because they are masters of source sorcerers um, sorcerers <laughs> um when the game begins 
um, as Ifon. Ifon's backstory is he used to be a magister, mm-hmm. and then he was sent on a mission to, I think, go help a conclave of elves because he was very he like grew up with elves. I think very Aragorn style, like loved elves. Mm-hmm. He went to go save these elves, and in trying to save them, instead was a pawn in unwittingly setting off a bomb that blew this stuff called death fog, which is essentially a fog <laughs> that upon contact will kill any mortal being. Oh, um, Jesus. And it wiped out mass genocide this entire entire portion of the elven race. And oh it's God. all his yeah, all his fault. He quits the magisters and becomes a mercenary for hire with a group called the Lone Wolves. And he believes that Lucian's son, Alexander, who is the current divine, he believes it was Alexander, Bishop Alexander. Or not, he's not the current divine. He's just the bishop. Bishop Alexander, because uh, Lucian has died and they're looking for a new divine. He believes Bishop Alexander is behind his 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 accidental playing into this death fog trap. Mm-hmm. And he wishes to kill Bishop Alexander, the current like ruler of everything. Makes um, sense. So I thought this was a great character to sort of start out, and I have not regretted it. Um, and then I have a couple companions. Like I have, uh, without without putting mods into the game, you can have up to three companions. Um, if you mod the game, you can technically get six and have every every companion in the game come with you. If you play cool. as a pre-made. Um, but I'm just doing the, the, the regular game. No no cheaty faces. Um, and the other companions <laughs> I have is I have a woman named Sibyl. Um, Sibyl is an elf oh, who has a crazy... Familiar. She has a crazy scar across her face. She was enslaved to be an assassin for someone called who she calls the Master until she was eventually able to break free of his bonds and now has a list of names cut into her arm um, of people she needs to go seek her revenge on leading up to the Master. Um, oh my god yeah it's awesome um my next companion is a dwarf uh who oh my god why can't i think of his name right now beast his name is beast uh, because he is known as the beast of the seas he is a, a a pirate captain um who is like knows all things about the sea um and just it's like your 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 basic like awesome dwarf um and <laughs> a then, sea dwarf Last but not least, I have uh, this character, Fane. Fane is really fascinating. Um, Fane is not an undead, but is of a race. Like, he looks like an undead. He's a skeleton. Um, Mm -hmm. But with, like, these ornate runic carvings in his skull. And he is of an ancient race that has long been extinct. And somehow he was in, like, this deep slumber and has now woken, like, millennia in the future. And he can't believe, like, how much things have changed, and he's trying to sort of discover what happened to his race. Um, And what's great about the game is that you can take any of the characters. Each of the characters start as something, like, you know, um, like, Sibyl starts as a rogue. But when you add them to your party, you have the option to change them to any class. So they can be anything but retain their story and plot. Um, and then later on, you can actually retcon your characters into any way you want. So they can be anything. That's the first amazing thing. Okay. Just part of that freedom of choice. Secondly, you, you don't have to even stick to what you are. Like I said, you can change at any moment. Um, but the dialogue choices are so great. And getting back to what I was saying near the beginning where I didn't understand how these games were played. There's such freedom in what you do. It's not like... Like in WoW... 
when you're in an area with level at level 20 there's quest yeah. givers that give you level 20 quests and monsters mm-hmm. that are level 20 and eventually when you finish all those quests it leads up to a quest that leads you to the level 30 area and if you walk uh, into the you know what anymore, I mean but, but like continue you, but like you get what I'm saying like there's yes. a <laughs> there's a chain you know that you can follow a path that will scale with your character. And I know that they changed things slightly recently, but I'm not using WoW as the only example of this. I'm using this as the mm-hmm. basic formula for an RPG. Of course. And and for the most part, you know that like this one area here is this level area, and this one area here is this level area, and you just sort of know that. Divinity doesn't do that. Divinity, things are just in places, and you just sort of have to discover what is and isn't in your current realm of possibility <laughs> to to defeat. You have to trial know, and error? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you might be exploring, and you might just walk into a place you just shouldn't have walked into. And it might be on the way to a place that you know you should be going to. You might just have to then curtail around it and just mark it on your map as being like, don't go here. And there's a lot of, like... The other thing about it that's really interesting is, like... If you can think it, you can probably do it. And what's weird is, like, I don't know from a programming aspect, I just can't fathom how they made that possible. Like, you see a water barrel sitting there, Mm -hmm. and there's these enemies coming up, and you think, if I toss that water barrel in front of us, if if my archer shoots it and explodes it, and I, you know, throw some electricity at it, can I make the ground, like, full of electricity so they can't walk past it or get stunned? And the answer is yes. In fact, that's very mild in terms of, like, the things that you can do. Like, there are crazy, crazy combinations of things that happen that you're just like, I didn't even think that this... Like, how would they how would they predict someone would even attempt something of this caliber? Interesting. Um, and it's just great. The dialogue choices are fantastic. It's fully voiced. There's not a single line of NPC dialogue that is not um, voiced. Wow. So that's something that is unique to this game in and of itself. There's mm-hmm. always that one, you know, like once again in games like WoW and other games, tons of quest givers, you just got to read the quest. This, like everything is voiced. Decisions matter. Things you do matter. Things carry over. Reputation matters. It's just great. It really is so much fun. I highly recommend it. And I, and I, I brought all this up simply because it is so D&D. The mm. combat is turn-based. Um, the way you, the freedom of choice, the role-play aspects of it, you feel like a part of the world. Um, the world feels very real to you, very full. There's no wasted space. You never get to a part and you're just like, I don't understand why this is here. Like, it's very dense and it makes sense. Um, and if you find something, like, like I said, you can always figure out what it's there for and, and how to interact with it. It's just really fantastic. Really, really That's is. Awesome. Compelling story. It's great. Nice. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's on my list. I just have to, when I get a chance, uh, maybe playing, man. next big sale. Um, it happened already. Oh. That's why I bought well, it. Steam well, Summer then, Sale, man. Then, then I'll wait for the Steam Fall Sale. <laughs> I mean, what's what's it priced at right now? Is it full? Forty forty nine. I think that's what I bought it for. Is that like 15% off, 20% off, something like that? Something like that. 10%, I believe. I think I got it for 15. It's worth buying. It's worth the 40. It's worth 60, honestly. Um, I'm still going to wait. <laughs> sure. All right, moving to board games. Uh, first, uh, we're, once again, we're going to talk about 
I'm gonna talk about a game that I played recently, and then Jengis is gonna talk, talk about a game that he played recently. First game that we're gonna talk about is Sheriff of Nottingham. Sheriff uh, of Nottingham. I bought this game down the shore on vacation because uh, it's sort of tradition that we play a board game at night with my parents. Um, and I always try to look for a game that's not, it, they're not gamers like we are, you know? It's like things like Gloomhaven and Mage Knight. And those are <laughs> those are not games that you know. It's got to be simple, you know, fun, and more complicated than like Monopoly, but nowhere on that like super complicated level. So I went to a great. I'm going to plug this store um, called Nerdvana <laughs> down in uh, somewhere near like the Ocean City, Summers Point, Little Egg Harbor area. Um, okay. down there. I don't know what town we ended up actually driving into because we had to find a place that I forgot to bring games with me. So we had to find a place that sold games. So we, the closest game shop to Ocean City was this Nirvana place and we, it took like a 20 minute drive to get there. It is um, in uh, Egg Harbor Township. Egg Harbor Township. Um, and in the English Creek Shopping Center. <laughs> yes, it was in a shopping center which was unusual. I was not ready for that. Um, but I did go in, and what a great little shop. Um, tons of D&D and magic and board games. All the things we talk about, they have it. Great selection, uh, decently large store, great minis and models and tabletop, like, you know, sets up, setups with, like, you know, 3D castles and stuff and forests. Fun. And, yeah, it was really cool. Um I, I looked at their games on their board game wall. What's great is on their on their wall, they have certain games on display, and underneath the games, they actually have, like, the board game geek rating printed out, like the number oh, of stars. Convenient. Yeah, and I was just like, wow, like, this is nice. So Sheriff of Nottingham seemed to fit the bill. It was, like, six stars or so, which isn't great, but it looked simple enough in terms of its complexity. It was, like, a one out of five in complexity, and I was like, this should be perfect. It's a bluffing game. Uh, you would love it, Jengis. This this is like the first thing I said to myself was like, this would be a great game to play with like you, me, and like some some gamers. Um, mm-hmm. But the idea is, uh, you're a merchant. Everybody gets to play the sheriff uh, twice. You go around in a circle. The first person to play the sheriff is the person who at the table literally has the most money on them. Um, and then everybody gets a chance to be the sheriff two times until the and that's when the game is over. Um, but you you have like a character outside of being the sheriff you have like your basic character they're all the same they're just they could just they could just as easily be small pieces or or slips of paper they they don't mean anything it's just a game board essentially um and the idea is that you are a when you're not the sheriff you are a merchant who is currently trying to bring goods into nottingham and there are legal goods and there are contraband goods. Oh, um, shit. So when you're the sheriff, you just sit there and wait and then end in the first part of the round. Because the first part is the um, where everybody collects their goods. Um, so, like, let's say that you're the sheriff and I'm the merchant in this current round. Um, I will... Uh, I have f- five cards, five or six cards. I think six cards in my hand um, that I've drawn from this deck. And there are two discard piles, a left and a right, and the game starts with five cards in each discard pile. Face up. And the reason that that is like that is because, similar to Rummy, um, as I'm looking at my hand, I can choose in the beginning of this round to 
discard a certain number of cards and redraw that many cards. But I can choose to do so from the discard pile or the deck or both. If I choose both, I must take from the discard first and then from the deck. And the discard order matters. So let's say there's like a piece of bread that I want and it's two cards deep in the discard deck. I have to discard two cards from my hand to get to that bread because I have to pick up the card before it and then the bread. And then my two discards, I can then choose to put face up in one or both of the piles, depending on if I want to block someone from getting another card that I might think they want. Like I think that you're going to want, you know, some, some chickens. And I see that there's two chickens coming up, so I put both my discards on top of it to make you have to pay more cards to get to them. Um, I could just as easily have discarded those two cards and drawn two random cards from the deck and just gotten whatever I've gotten. You can only discard up to five cards. You can't discard that last card in your hand. You must have at least one card in your hand. Okay. So once you do that, you have now set your hand for, for what is going to be the, the inspection. What you do is you then, each person does that. Once again, the sheriff doesn't do anything yet. The person that's the sheriff is just waiting in this in this current turn. So if you were the sheriff, you would just be waiting. You must play this game with at least three people, by the way. Um, I think it's a three to five or three to six game. Um, so you're waiting, and now I've looked at my goods, and maybe the other people have two. I now decide how many goods I'm going to put in my bag. I have this like, little baggie, and I put that. I put a number of goods. Once again, I can't put uh, more than five. I have to keep one card in my hand. Um, but I put somewhere between one to five cards in the bag, and then I snap the bag closed. The moment the bag is snapped, I cannot change what I've put in there. I well, must. It snaps. Yeah, it's it's really pleasing too. Um, but I will say that one of the snap bags broke, so I don't know about their quality. Oh, um, yeah, right. Um, so I put a number of cards. Let's say I put three cards in the bag. I can change my mind, but the moment it's snapped, it is now set. It's like a chess maneuver where if you take your hand off of it, you're done. Similarly, snapped, done. And I put it in front of you, the sheriff. Once everybody has their bags in front of you, it is now time for the inspection phase. Now, here's where the game gets interesting. Each of... Oh, sorry. First declaration. First declaration. We go around and we all tell you what is in our bag. We must do so by saying it is all one like one type of legal good so for mm-hmm. instance i put three cards in the bag i have to say sheriff i am bringing in three uh pieces three loaves of bread now there might be two loaves of bread and, and an apple which are all legal goods there could be one loaf of bread and uh two pieces of silk silk or contraband or there could be three of anything it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what's in the bag what matters is i'm declaring to you this type of thing and it's only that and nothing else mm-hmm. once everybody has declared you as the sheriff then have to decide what bags to inspect there's nothing stopping you from opening each one of those bags except for the fact that everyone gets to be the sheriff at some point and you might just be burning your bridges so this is where the bribes come in this is where you have gold in the game, as well as obviously the goods that you collect over the course of the game. And value in gold is how you win the game. Whoever has the most gold and value of goods by the end of the game wins. So this is where I might say to you, I might be like, oh, Sheriff, um, listen, like you might be holding up my bag. You might be getting ready to open it. And I say, Sheriff, 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 um, I forgot my mistake. I, I actually have two loaves of bread in here, and in, in the way back... I might have just had some silk in there from last week. Please forgive me. Um, listen, to make it worth your while, I'll pay you five gold. And that, I might not have—I might have all silk in there for all you know. 
there's no telling what I actually have, but I might be admitting to something or denying something, or I might just bribe you. I might be like, hey, I'm not going to tell you anything. I might just be like, listen, Sheriff, if you can overlook my bag, it would be, here's 10 gold. Or I might give you, like, you know, I happen to have some some ale, some contraband ale that I would gladly give you a keg of if you choose not to open my bag. You then would decide to whether or not to hand me my bag back closed or to unsnap my bag. Um, the moment you do either of those actions, any agreement that we had is now final. So if I, if I offered to pay you five gold and you say, okay, and hand me my bag back, I am now obligated by the rules of the game to pay you that five gold. I cannot back out of it. Mm-hmm. Likewise, if I offered you um, that ale, the moment I you, I you give me my bag back, if I have the ale, I have to give it to you. But the fun fact, the two things that you can renege on, the first one... The first one is favors. I could tell you something to the effect of, listen, Sheriff, if you don't open my bag, well, let me just tell you, if I were ever to be in a position of power like yourself, (laughs) I would let you pass through with whatever your next bag of goods are. And if you think that's a good deal, you could say yes. But promises don't have to be kept. When I become the sheriff, I could just as easily unsnap your bag and and catch you with a bunch of contraband that you thought you were going to get through just, you know, just fine. Um, the other thing is that if you don't have the goods that you promised, for instance, I promised you the ale, and then all of a sudden I open my bag and all I have is silk, you wouldn't even know. It'd be face down because my contraband goes face down. But the point is, is like, let's say by the end of the game, I flip it all over and I've never collected ale. I don't owe you anything because I never actually had the item that I was I, I said that I had. Um, but outside of those two two things, any deals we make are set the moment the bag is given back or the moment you unsnap. Now, if you do choose to unsnap my bag, inside, you look, and let's just say I really did have three loaves of bread. There's a penalty fee on the, on the, on the bread. You would then pay me in gold the number of penalties for my three bread. Wow. If I, if I had anything but three bread, whether it's a, a legal good like an apple or an illegal good like silk, for each thing that's not bread, I don't get those items they go to the discard pile, and I pay you the penalty fee on each of them. Um, so let's say I had one loaf of bread, silk, and an apple. Silk, the penalty, let's just, I don't remember the exact numbers. Let's say the penalty for silk is five gold, and let's say the penalty for an apple is two gold. I would then pay you seven gold, and I only get my bread. So you really fucked me over there. But now you've made an enemy. So now that when I'm the sheriff... If you try to smuggle something in, there's a ch- good chance that I'm going to open your bag. <laughs> so it's all about bluffs. It's all about creating alliances. And once everybody's been the sheriff two times, the game ends. Uh, you flip over any contraband. All your non-contraband goes up and face up in front of you in these different piles. And all of your contraband goes face down. You flip it over at the end. And everybody totals up the amount of things that they have f- f- uh, by gold value. And the highest gold value wins. And that's the game. That's it. Huh? This sounds really fun. It was two thumbs up, honestly. It was very fun. Nice. Very nice. And that's... now you're going to talk about your game that you played, The Gaia Project. That's right. The Gaia Project. Now, uh, for those of you who are avid board game fans, The Gaia Project is actually a, uh, a kind of like a remake of another game by the same company, but with a space theme. It's a remake of Terra Mystica. It shares a lot of rules with Terra Mystica, but it has a lot of rules of its own that make it unique. Uh, so essentially, the you each play as a, a civilization, a race, really, uh, that has their own 
boon, like they each race is different. Uh, they have little little things that separate them, uh, and your goal is to colonize as many planets in the system that you are in, and accumulate victory points depending on what the the victory point conditions are. Um, the the game is quite modular. Uh, there are seven faction boards, and each faction board has two sides that are different factions. So each player can be like, you know, the possibilities for that are different. Uh, each round uh, can have a different scoring tile. Uh, there's a variety of them in there. So that can be different. And then there's two final scoring tiles, which are like bonus points. And there's just six of those, and you only pick two, so that could be different. So, like, it changes. They're, they're, each game generally can be scored very differently than the last one. Uh, the way the game works is you have um, you have mines, and you can only place mines on planets your civilization can thrive on. So, like one one can only like one race can only survive on desert planets another race can only survive on forest planets so on and so forth if you want to if you want to uh, colonize on another planet you have to pay uh, an additional fee and in workers and like a different uh, it's like a different like worker tile uh, they call it something else in this one I'm, I'm, I'm using I'm using a term- terminology yeah, yeah. Uh, or they call or in this one you have to pay additional or to colonize a planet that your civilization wouldn't have as much of an easy time living, uh, 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 living on mm-hmm. um, but that can change because there's also like a tech tree that you can upgrade along and you can also buy technology. There's a whole. There's like many different parts. This is one of those like, this is one of those media board games media, that I like. The games <laughs> that I just I, I I actively avoided for for my vacation. Exactly. This yeah. is this is the kind that I thrive on. I'm like, oh, give me all the things. All the meat. <laughs> I want it all. I want a big meaty lunch. Um, and uh, the board state can be changed because like it's like. It's made of uh, one, two, three, four, four, seven tiles Mm. uh, in the two player and in three and four player, it goes up to 10 tiles and those can all be swapped around. So you can kind of each board style can be different. And the the first player puts down his initial starting planet and then it goes in clockwise. And then the fourth player or the last player puts down his first and his second and then it goes back around so there's a bit even if you're not the first player you still have a bit of power in where you land Mm -hmm. and there's some strategy there where you don't want to you don't always want to be next to another person because sometimes you'll get boxed in and that could suck um but uh the the game also has like you can upgrade your minds into like buildings that offer you uh like increase the value of the planet and when you have enough value in connected planets you can make a federation and a federation scores at the end of the game and certain things depend on federations uh also underneath each you on your playboard you have room for all your buildings underneath underneath each building is additional income so as you place a building you get more income 
Uh, but when you upgrade, you put it back on your board, so you'll lose income. So there's ways to like you have to kind of balance out what you're getting in versus when you're upgrading. Um, I there's a lot here. I could go on. Um, Would you say like it, it sounds? So it sounds like there's a possibility of like a lot of people being able to dick other people over in this game. There is a fair amount of dickery possible. So, like 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 the way you're describing it, it almost reminds me of like Space Catan. Um not in terms of mechanics, but in terms of yeah. like the way in which you would go about interrupting yeah, the, what other people the, are doing. The, the the placement mechanics are very very much the same as like Catan. Um, I, that that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's ways around it. Like you just would have to kind of go around. Do you feel place. like that's it's a game you, where you would just like lose friends over it? No, because like <laughs> people can't gotta, see the face you made. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say no because honestly, uh, you when you place your first uh, planet, when you pick your first planet. Everyone, like everyone will see it and they play in turn but when you're the first player and you place their second planet last you mm-hmm. have the most knowledge you know where everyone else is yeah. so if you place it somewhere where like it's obvious that someone else is going to like you're going to be boxed in that's on you like <laughs> um you know a lot i once just like I once placed a planet i was placed on a planet where i'm just like yeah i'm doing this and then i realized oh man I mean, I oh man, I really messed up, and I definitely, I definitely, I definitely, oh, is gonna, I was oh, going to be a hard. <laughs> oh geez, Rick, <laughs> I really messed up. Um, but like I said, that was on me. Um, yeah. And uh, but so, then after that, you kind of have to figure out like where you want to, which tech tree you want to go up. Um, there are six different tech trees. Terraforming makes it easier for you to terraform other planets. Uh-huh. Um, so like that way you you can expand faster. Navigation makes it so that you can terraform planets that are farther away. Because in the beginning, you can only terraform planets that are one space away. Um, but eventually you make it so you can get like three spaces away. Or at the very top, four spaces. Um, artificial intelligence gives you this like bonus tile and this bonus tile can be exchanged for different goods um and then there's like then there's the titular gaia project uh what that is is that there are specifically gaia planets uh and those planets can be you they're essentially like they're free but you have to do you have to convert them into like one of your own planets in order to do so and that requires you to have like a special Gaia project ship and those are unlocked through the Gaia project tree <laughs> uh, economy gives you more income and science lets you go up tech more um, and like I said those are all move, they move independently and require spe- like specifically blue tech tiles to uh to, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Knowledge tiles to upgrade, and like I said, there's a lot going on. So, uh, but that's what I like. I like multiple moving parts. I like you know flexing my brain muscles that way. Um, and yeah, like I said, each game's different. It's a huge, huge box. 
<laughs> maybe not like Gloomhaven uh, level of huge. Not, not Gloomhaven level huge, but definitely like one of my bigger boxes. We still need to review that game. You need to come play it another time. I've <laughs> I've played so much Gloomhaven now that I am like, I am ready. You need wow. to you need to come play so we can you need to come play so we can we can talk about it. Nice. Um. So two thumbs up. I would say so. Two thumbs up for nice. sure. I, I I like to play it, and uh, so I wanted a, another space game, and I'm like. Ah. I got it. Got gotcha, space <laughs> games. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to end the podcast with a quick plug. Uh, this year's Pain in the Assathon, the Pedathon, is Hell coming yeah. up uh, in September. And it is something that is amazingly awesome. Uh, it's for a great <laughs> cause. Um, I have fun every year doing it, even though, like, I feel like every year, by the time it's done, like, I walk in feeling like, I look great, and then all of a sudden, like, I, I see pictures of, of me doing <laughs> doing things, and I'm like, I look exhausted. <laughs> um, but it's going to be September 22nd to 23rd, uh, from 10 a.m. to 10 a.m., 24 hours, and all of the proceeds that we make um, from donations will go straight to the Colorectal Cancer Alliance to help uh, raise money for their cause and helping to cure and help the patients of colon and rectal cancer um it is uh there are going to be plenty of 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 course as always hard and or um bad games uh involved (laughs) there's going to be zelda's adventure silver surfer mega man uh fantasy zone is that odama um yep Bubsy 2, uh, Alter Beast, <laughs> Overcooked 2, and then Jengus and I are going to be playing Until Dawn Rush of Blood VR for the PlayStation 4. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. If you happen to catch, not last year's, but two years ago, which was our, our first Petathon, um, Jengus and I did a, a playthrough of, uh, well, I did a play to a play, playthrough of PT with Jengus at my side. Um, mm-hmm. and we sort of went through, um, that, that experience. And that was great. I mean, people were getting freaked out and lots oh, of jump it scares. Was, it was amazing. Um, so I'm looking forward to essentially the same thing happening again, but to the nth degree, um, rush of blood is one of the first games for PSVR uh, and it is, it's, you're on a roller coaster. Um, and what makes oh, this God. game, yeah, what makes this game a pain in the ass is that the, the roller coaster itself, like, I don't get motion sick easy, but I definitely did the first time playing Rush of Blood, like, to the point where, like, I needed to, like, take a deep breath. I had to, I had to adjust. Eventually it, it sort of subsided, but it was very jarring to be standing still and then to have the screen moving in that way i just it, like it was just so so not great for my my stomach um <laughs> oh, well, that's that's great yeah and i don't know if it's better or worse sitting down um but it's you have a gun in each hand and things jump out and you gotta shoot them and that's it that's the game <laughs> and uh you know i I can't wait to, even though I've played it, um, Jengis hasn't. So nope. that's what makes this even even better. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I even though I've played it like 
playing it in the dark with headphones on. Like, we're going to try and do this in a way in which is not going to be good for my sanity or for Jangus's sanity. So you should see us make fools of ourselves, and there's probably going to be a lot of cursing and a lot of, like, girlish screaming as something jumps out of the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and a, lot of, a lot of bang, bang, shoot, shoots. Um, so it's, 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 it's bound to be a great time. Uh, I believe our time slot is... 10 p.m. to midnight is us. Um, and I'm looking forward to, which is, I think, the time slot I, I request every year. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, and hopefully you are as well. I am as well. Um, I'm going to try to be there early and try to be there for a lot of it. Um, and I'm really excited to play uh, or be a part of the experience. And uh, who boy. Uh, just yeah. thinking about it just like makes me like uh. <laughs> yeah the way the way I figured we, we were gonna work it is um because I don't think it has a multiplayer mode I can't remember if it does like have a head-to-head multiplayer mode where like you switch off with the VR thing but what I what I figured was um we would since we have a two-hour time slot is we both get an hour and we compete as to who can get the farthest and or if we complete the game who has the best score um by the by the time and maybe even add like bonus points and subtract points for every time we jump or scream or something random uh but yeah it's it's like if you if you want to see jengus and i make fools of ourselves this is the time to see that because it's just gonna be it's like one of like some people you know for good causes they 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 scare themselves by jumping out of planes and doing like random stunts and you know, I play I play games that I know freak me out. Like that's the crazy part. The crazy part is is like I love I love horror movies. Like just like I love all movies. It's just it's just <laughs> another type of movie to me. Like it doesn't matter that it's horror, it's just a movie. I like movies. Um Jengis does not like horror movies and it curses me whenever I try to drag his ass to something. <laughs> oh just like oh you should have come to see it with me, man. Oh so good. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. So good. Um <laughs> you should come see it chapter two when it comes out. You and I'll go together. It'd be great. Oh, uh, maybe we'll live stream that too. Bring a sneak in a GoPro or something. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the uh, so that's 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 that. But I don't normally get like scared of horror movies. Um, mm-hmm. It'll get the tension will get my heart racing, of course, and jumps. I do get surprised, like jump scares. I I will I will jump, but it's not necessarily because I am like scared, like I have fear. It's more of just I have been surprised um, because like a loud noise or something is happening and I wasn't expecting it. But I wouldn't say like I'm scared per se. Games, on the other hand, <laughs> there's something different. Like I can't even play like games like Resident Evil without my heart like racing and this is a VR game this is where you're in it but like <laughs> I I don't know what it is maybe it's because I'm in control of the character that there's just something uh, the, different the immersion yes and so playing the it took me like even PT PT scared me man playing it the first time <laughs> well, that and, was like hyper atmospheric too right um but Rush of Blood it's not the scariest game on the block but there's definitely enough in it like if you're if you're if you have the headset on and you've got headphones in especially if you've got those headphones turned up it's it's something else <laughs> so Peterthon, look forward to it uh Hell yeah and that's it 
that's our that's our cast for the month. That's our cast for the month. So have a great thank you month. all for listening, and thanks yeah, yeah. thanks for listening. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll our voices will invade your ears again soon. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, also look out for uh, in October is of course we're doing the uh, Halloween related content, um, and we may or may not. I found the raw audio for the game that we did not release last year that we oh. played. So there's a good chance we're going to be releasing that this year as the Lost Horror Game episode of You Shall Not Pass Go. And maybe nice. we need to do something else. Yeah, we'll have to figure out what we have to do for October. Um, anyway, great month. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> if you liked this episode of You Shall Not Pass Go, please subscribe. Our episodes are monthly, and you can find this and many more podcasts on geekade.com. If you'd like to share your opinions about the topics of the episode or you just want to say hi, email us at ysmpgcast at gmail.com.